It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 7th, 2019. My name is Philip Ross, and I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. It is finally the big day. NBA trade deadline 2019 at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Pencils must be down. Conversations don't have to stop. But no more trades can be completed after 3 o'clock. You better be in line with the NBA office at 3 p.m. if you want your deal in. So we are at the big day finally as the NBA trade deadline is here. There's a lot to get to for the NBA trade deadline. Of course, the Atlanta Magic taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Amway Center at 7 We're going to kind of skate over that game a little bit, talk about the NBA trade deadline and the assets the Magic have available. I'll talk about, uh, really just break down on this episode, all the assets are really the big assets, the big uh, players that you need to pay attention to for the Orlando Magic and their chances of getting traded as I go through my trade value column, which of course will be posted on orlandomagicdaily.com later this this morning uh, if you're listening to this in the morning. But before we do that, I want to remind you all that you can check out the first ever live Locked On NBA Podcast Network trade deadline special. The Locked On Podcast Network is going live with NBA trade deadline special today at 1.30 Eastern on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball YouTube channel. Hosted by David Locke and fantasy expert Josh Lloyd, plus all the local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network breaking down all the deals, giving fantasy perspective and the local angles. I'm sure right at 1.30, there will be a lot to get to. Wednesday night proved to be an especially active night at the trade deadline. You had the Tobias Harris trade, of course, Tuesday as Tobias Harris goes from the LA Clippers to the Philadelphia 76ers. You had the Dallas Mavericks trading Harrison Barnes to the Sacramento Kings. The Washington Wizards trading Otto Porter to the Chicago Bulls. And a lot of other action as well. It's been a really active trade deadline. And the expectation is that it's not done yet. There's still one more day to go. So the Locked On Podcast Network's NBA trade deadline special will have all the breakdown for you. Again, starts Thursday today at 1.30 Eastern Time, 90 minutes before the trade deadline on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball YouTube channel. Of course, you can check out the Locked On Podcast tomorrow for a complete breakdown of the individual teams, of the national perspective as well. And right here on Locked On Magic, we'll break down what the Magic did or didn't do at the NBA trade deadline as well as the Magic's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. But like I said, I I don't want to spend today talking too much about the game because that's not the news. That's not the big event. And and yeah, the Magic have a big game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, a a, a little bit of a revenge game after Orlando blew a 21-point lead in Minnesota earlier this month, or earlier in January. Um, This is a big game uh, like every game is a big game because the Magic are in the midst of a playoff hunt trying to hold on tight. And uh, Orlando entered the day four games back with the Miami Heat for the final playoff spot. They saw 
The Wizards make a trade that arguably makes them worse. The Detroit Pistons haven't really done anything, although they're supposedly in the Mike Conley race. Um, Charlotte's supposedly in the Marcus Gasol race as well uh, as we get closer and closer to the deadline. Um, there are certainly uh, still opportunities for Orlando to get better and advance themselves up the standings. Miami trading away Tyler Johnson, Wayne Ellington, which they've not had great seasons, but Miami you know, may not have helped itself either at this trade deadline. But Orlando certainly is trying to find a path forward to get back into the playoff race, and it's a question of whether they'll do that through the trade at the trade deadline. As I've said, kind of setting the table for the trade deadline, I don't anticipate the Magic doing anything that will... First off, the Magic's first priority is they won't do anything that hurts their long-term outlook. They're not about to trade their first-round pick this year. Certainly not their first-round pick this year. They're not looking to trade multiple picks. They're not looking to make sort of a win-now move to quote-unquote save this season. That's that's not the goal here. That's not the directive. At the same time, though, Orlando is also perhaps looking to look only looking for moves that will make them better in the near term because as much as the Magic's long-term outlook needs to change and, 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 and there's certainly some roster moves that need to be made and tweaks to the roster that have to be made to, to get this team where it wants to go and, and they just simply cannot bide more time, although... The Timothy Mozgov contract is coming off the books after next season, so maybe there's just one more year of biding their time until they have some maneuverability again. There's still this sense that the Magic want to win. They've been six years out of the playoffs now. They're, they're closest to the playoffs that they've been. At any point, they're playing meaningful games at the trade deadline for the first time uh, since the rebuild began. And so Orlando isn't shying away from that, and they want they want that. They want to be a winning culture. They want to be a winning team, and so... Yes, they're still pushing for wins. So I, I I highly doubt that the Magic would make the kind of move that the LA Clippers made where they traded their year all-star and Tobias Harris for cap room. That's not what the Magic are looking to do. Same thing with Dallas. Dallas has kind of given up on the playoff race. That's why they acquired Kristaps Porzingis. That's why they sent out Harrison Barnes. The Magic aren't looking to do any of those deals. I mean, certainly they could if they wanted to. They've got big contracts they could shed, they could shed like an Evan Fournier, like a... a Aaron Gordon, if, if that's what they wanted to do. But Orlando is not... I don't think Orlando's in that game. I don't think that's what Orlando wants to accomplish. Certainly, Evan Fournier is not playing as well as, say, Harrison Barnes or or Otto Porter or any of those players uh, that have got, gotten dealt. So, it's not likely that the Magic are looking to make those kinds of moves. So, if you're asking, oh, the Magic could have, gotten a bit, could have put together a better package to get a guy like an Otto Porter, to get a guy like even Tobias Harris, the answer is no. They couldn't. They weren't willing to. They're not going to attach future assets like a first-round pick. They're not going to take on a long, long-term money and get locked into a roster they don't like, like, like they would maybe with Otto Porter. And so Orlando's been treading this very narrow path. And, you know, I, I, you could pin me down right now. I do not expect the Magic to make any major move at this trade deadline. I know a lot of fans are frustrated. I know a lot of fans sense, though, and, and I agree with that, that the Magic need to make a move, that they, they cannot keep standing still. They've got to find a way to make this roster better or to, to, to create a clearer path to success, which, which they don't have, I think, right now. I think right now the biggest issue the Magic face is they've had to kind of sit on their hands a little bit because of the cap, the cap hole that they were put in, and they're, they're, they haven't been able to step forward except, except little fringe steps around the edges. That's not going to get you into the playoffs. And so while this season's been nice, there are big decisions that have to be made about long-term contracts for Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross. 
the Magic are sort of, I, like I said, still biding their time trying to find the right way to strike and find, find the right way to move forward. And there are some big questions this front office has to answer Thursday ahead of free agency this summer. But having said that, I don't think the Magic are going to find what they want. I don't think they're going to make a Terrence Ross deal that gets them what they want. I know a lot of fans uh, were buzzing about the, the report that, that ESPN had that the Magic had contacted Philadelphia about Markel Fultz, and I'm sure they did. The Magic reportedly contacted everyone about uh, everyone that was offering a point guard of any kind that that could start or be a, a potential starter. Uh, the Magic definitely looked into that and looked into that because everyone knows the Magic need a point guard, and uh, you know, I, I, this as well as DJ Augustin's played, no one I think would disagree with that. But Orlando certainly, 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 certainly is looking to still get better in the near term. And, and they're not willing to sacrifice two key players like Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross without clear replacements, honestly. Um, you know, I, I, I took some heat, I think, online because I said, you know, the Mohamed Bamba injury, if you thought Nikola Vucevic was, wasn't go, was going to get traded before, the, Muhammad, the Mo Bamba injury, I think, put that to bed. Um, the Magic are trying to win games. The Magic are trying to stay in the playoff race. They lost their backup center. They lost their one of their centers. They're not going to trade their all-star center unless they get an all-star center in return or, or really quality center in return. That was always the case, I think. The Magic weren't going to trade Vucevic unless they got a, a starter quality center in return, and that, frankly, isn't happening. So Orlando, I think, is kind of stuck in a hard place with both of their restricted, unrestricted free agents, and I know that'll frustrate fans, but I think that's just the reality of the market. I mean, I, I know a lot of people were frustrated with Elf, the Alfred Payton trade last year, uh, but frankly, that was what the market bore, and, and Orlando decided we're not re-signing him. We'd rather get something than nothing, and they literally got you know, almost nothing for him. They, they gave him away, essentially, and that, that was all the Magic could do. I, I think that the Magic might be able to make a move along the fringes. I, I floated out there that I think there's a framework for a deal uh, for Jonathan Simmons for like a Frank Milikina. So you do Simmons and, and, and a second or maybe Simmons and and that OKC first or, or, or super protected first that's like in the 20s um, for Frank Milikina. I think that's a framework for a deal. It gives the Magic a long-term asset, a guy who could probably compete for backup point guard minutes immediately for a guy that the Magic are probably going to let go in the offseason anyway. So, I, I and, and for the Knicks, that frees up some more cap room for them to do whatever. So, I think there's a framework for a deal like that, and that's the kind of deal I would look for the Magic to make is, is one of those moves on the fringes. Simmons should retain some value um, because of his reputation around the league if a team wants to play him, or he could be a, a quick-cut you know, cut guy. Because he's only got one million of his five point seven million dollars guaranteed next season, so I think that 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 there there would be some some market for him if the Magic just wanted to dump him onto the market. Um, you don't expect a lot. Milikina is probably a little too much, but that's kind of the framework that I envision and, and kind of the framework that that I imagine uh, that the Magic could get for a Jonathan Simmons, so to speak. So that's the kind of deal I would look for. If if anyone gets moved at this deadline, I would bet it's Jonathan Simmons. Um, I don't expect the Magic to trade Nikola Vucevic. I would put it at you know less than 10% that, that Nikola Vucevic gets traded. Um, I don't expect Terrence Ross to get traded because I don't think the Magic will get the value they want from him. And honestly, I think the Magic are somewhat interested in re-signing him. And I don't know what the amount would be, and that's the biggest question. Um, but, but I don't think the Magic are in such a hurry to trade either of those guys because I think there's genuine interest in re-signing both. Um, but we'll see how that plays out in the summer. So I... I, I 
so I, I think that that's kind of where we're at at the trade deadline. I know it's frustrating to hear that the Magic are probably going to be sitting still once again, that the deadline's going to come and pass and Orlando's not going to really do anything. I know a lot of fans are frustrated that the Magic keep very, very quiet at the trade deadline, that we don't get a lot of rumors. And, and there are, there's there been a surprisingly few amount of leaks from the Magic camp uh, of uh, this this year. Uh, we, we just There's been less rumors from the Magic than ever before. I think the Magic's needs are clear, but I think... They kind of know where they're at, and and I just don't think the market's there for Orlando to to make the kind of moves that they need and want to make. So we will see what the Magic ultimately do at 3 o'clock, but this is also a good time to take stock of what the Magic have, and that's what I want to do here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the trade deadline uh, is different in that it's a deadline. I, I always like to remind people that just because the deadline is passed doesn't mean conversations stop. The GMs do not take a break from trades and trade discussions just because that 3 p.m. deadline is over. At 3.01, they are still talking. Now, the contracts and who they might be able to offer can change. There are, they're beginning to think about the summer and, and, tw- and the next season, but the conversations continue. So if there's a point guard, if the Magic are interested in Frank Nilakina or Markel Fultz, they are not out of the running simply because the trade deadline has passed. You know, maybe a player that they wanted to include in a deal is no longer available, but Orlando certainly, certainly can make some changes and continue to discuss. So I, I like to use the trade deadline as a means to take stock of what's on the roster and take stock of what direction the Magic might go in the future, both at the trade deadline and heading into the offseason. Because this is the time where you sit down with your cap sheet and you sit down with the books and you say, okay, this is what it looks like. I mean, Dallas made a deal, uh, or Washington made a deal, made a couple deals on Wednesday designed to get them under the luxury tax. The Magic aren't there. Dallas made a a deal, the LA Clippers made a deal to give themselves max cap space. The Knicks made a deal trading Kristaps Porzingis that gave them max cap space. So you get to sit down with the books a little bit at this time of year and really take stock of, okay, what direction is the team headed? Like I said, I am not seeing a market for the guys that the Magic want to trade because what the Magic want to accomplish is very, very difficult to accomplish, especially mid-season. That might change in the offseason, but of course, the risk of not making that, that Nik- Nikola Vucevic trade, of not making that Terrence Ross trade, is that they enter unrestricted free agency and you might lose them for nothing, not get any return. I might argue that cap room does have its value, but the Magic aren't playing free agency in a big way. They're not going after the big fish. Role players who want to play on winning teams aren't coming to Orlando unless you overpay them. Look at Trevor Reza signing a $25 million contract with the Suns. 
And the Magic won't be in a position to do that. Even if the Magic lose Vucevic and lose Ross, that leaves them that leaves them with some some room. It definitely leaves them with some room. I, I think it's I think they're 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 operating like they're slightly over the cap. Vucevic and Ross's cap holds come in at around thirty million dollars, so they're probably looking at a you know if if both Vucevic and Ross leave and they renounce all their their rights to to players like Cam Birch, Isaiah Briscoe. Yeah, the Magic theoretically could have roughly $20, $25 million of cap room. It's near max, not quite there, but you're not spending all that on one player, obviously. So it's important now to take stock of where the Magic are at and what what assets the Magic have. Looking at the players that they have available to trade and and the players that they might want to trade, there are some interesting thoughts to have. The first one, of course, is that Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross, despite being expiring contracts, are probably not the two most valuable assets on the team. When it comes to guys that other teams are likely to want to trade for most, it always starts with the three key players, with the key rookie players, or with the key young players. To me, Aaron Gordon is clearly the best trade asset the Magic have. We've heard his name bandied about by national media mostly, um, a lot of reporters, including Zach Lowe and, and a couple others, have have reported that scouts around the league are curious what the Magic are going to do with Aaron Gordon. There have been plenty of unsubstantiated rumors, nothing connecting specific talks, but at least a curiosity about what it would take for the Magic to move Aaron Gordon. And I would honestly put it, you know, I don't think the Magic would move Aaron Gordon, but if the Magic are going to make a surprise move at this deadline it would probably involve Aaron Gordon. Obviously, he's in the first year of a four-year, $72 million contract that starts this year at $21.6 million and declines each successive year. That kind of contract is built to be traded. It was a brilliant move by Jeff Weltman. I don't know how he convinced Aaron Gordon to agree to the structure, but that's what it is. I would, though, argue that this is not the time to even consider trading Aaron Gordon. He's 23 years old. He's not having a career scoring year, per se, but his rebounds are up, his assists are up, he's playing under much more control, he's making better decisions, his defense is up, he's becoming more and more of a two-way player, two-way player playmaker, very similar to Sean Marion, which has always been the best comparison for Aaron Gordon's game. I am super impressed by Aaron Gordon, and I do not want to see him go, and honestly, I take all this curiosity more as a sign that the Magic still have a reputation that they need to build. But I t- also take the genuine interest that a lot of people have in Aaron Gordon and his development that people think he is a good player. And if there's any lesson that we've learned from the Victor Oladipo thing, uh, Victor Oladipo decision, and I've learned this lesson, I made a mistake evaluating Victor Oladipo um, in, in a lot of ways. I, I still believe that that he would not have developed into what he's become in Orlando. I think he needed to spend the time in Oklahoma City, play through those games, go through those hardships to get where he is today, to understand how hard he has to work, and that's why I'm so such a big proponent of making the playoffs and continuing to fight and compete. But if there's one lesson we should have learned from the Victor Oladipo decision, it's you do not give up on young players that quickly. If you think the guy has a chance, you pay him. The Magic paid Aaron Gordon. They gave him that chance. And, you know, he's not a $21.6 million player. I'll agree on that. Is he a $16.4 million player like he will be in 2022? I think he's worth more than that. 
And so I think the value of Aaron Gordon is certainly present, is certainly there. His contract's not an albatross at all. Other teams want him. They're willing to take on, it, it feels like they'd be willing to take on those extra years. And so the Magic are right to wait, and I think the Magic are right to maintain him and keep him. And I think he's the best asset the Magic have should they decide to move. I think that he's the guy that teams would inquire about most, would want most, if the Magic put him on the table. I don't think he's on the table. The guy that I do think teams are asking about most that they can realistically get from Orlando, though, is Terrence Ross. We've talked about it plenty on this show. I think I've talked about it in every trade deadline podcast that I've done so far, that Terrence Ross is a guy who is easy to plug into any role, is willing to come off the bench, can score a lot of points. Every playoff team should want a guy like Terrence Ross. And that does make him valuable. And if Orlando can get a long-term asset for him, uh, I'm still not sure what he's going to make in free agency. He could make upwards of $15 million a year. He could get like a two-year, $30 million deal or, or, or some something to that effect. That's probably a little too much. But he's having a career year. He's clearly a guy that, that fits any system. And so I, I think it's very, very likely that if the... Uh, if, 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 if the I, after John, the Jonathan Simmons idea that I proposed it's more likely that the Magic trade Terrence Ross. If the Magic make a big move, it's to trade Terrence Ross more than Nikola Vucevic. I think Ross is a much more valuable prospect than Nikola Vucevic because at the end of the day, you can find players like Ross. I don't mean to belittle, diminish what Ross does. I think he's worth a lot to the Magic. But I think there's a bigger question when it comes to the two unrestricted free agents. I think there's a bigger question for teams looking to acquire Nikola Vucevic of... How much are we willing to pay to keep him? How much are we willing to spend to acquire him? And the Magic are asking those same questions. How much is Nikola Vucevic worth on this market? Are we willing to pay him four years, $82, $83 million a year, or 80, 83 total? Are, are we willing to go to that fourth year? Are we willing to reach $84, $85, $86 million for a four-year contract? Those are real questions. Those are really difficult questions. Um, you know, I've gotten into plenty of debates with people about it. I do think the Magic should try and resign him, but I also think there is a number that you reach that you let him go. Um, you know, it's clear that he's not the future, but he is a plenty good stopgap uh, the way he's played this year, and honestly, with the way he's performed throughout his career. And with some coaching stability, he'll probably continue to, with some coaching and, and, and probably some roster stability, he should continue to produce at this level, you would think. You know, maybe... That's asking a lot. He's 28, 29 years old now, so he's, you know, kind of in his prime. So this is this is this is the best you're going to get from him. And of course, Vucevic absolutely should go for as much money as he can get. And and there's certainly some teams that are lining up that that would appear to have some interest in him. I know there's been reports that Dallas would be interested in him, the Clippers might be interested in him, and the Lakers might be interested in them. All three of those teams are going after big fish first, though. So Vucevic is kind of a secondary priority, I believe. And if that's the case, Orlando certainly is still in the running, and and I don't think a huge concern overall. But Ross is the guy that I think garners the most interest because again, he's a plug and play guy. You know that he you, you can put him in any lineup. He can figure out a way to score. You run him off screens. He'll score. He'll score a lot of points off the bench. He's willing to come off the bench. He's a selfless teammate. He's one of the truly good, good dudes in the league. Uh, and, and I think a lot of teams would really, really like him on their team. And so I think that between the two unrestricted free agents, it's it's Ross over Vucevic. And, and honestly, if again, if the Magic make a big move, if they make a big splashy move, it will involve Terrence Ross. To get Markel Fultz, for instance, which I think a lot of fans would get excited about, 
a former number one overall pick even with his injury issues, it would cost you Terrence Ross at the very, very least. Probably cost you a little bit more. And I don't know if the Magic are willing to pay that more. And certainly, I think even doing that takes you out of the playoff hunt, takes you out of the playoff running, even in this watered-down Eastern Conference. So I think that's that's a very big consideration the Magic have to make. Whether they should be making that or having that part of their considerations is certainly up for debate. Um, my, that's that's just my feeling about how the team is. I don't have any confirmation that that's what the Magic are thinking, but it certainly feels like the Magic want to make the playoffs, playoffs so that's, that's part of the thinking. The other big assets on the team, of course, are Jonathan Isaac and Mobamba. I would argue that they are completely off-limits. Um, Jonathan Isaac, especially, has been coming into his own of lately, really feeling comfortable and confident, and you can see just how good he can be, uh, and he's going to get better. He's still very, very young. Mobamba, uh, before his his uh, fracture, his stress fracture, uh, was playing a lot better, I thought, and, and really looked energized and, and refreshed. He was blocking shots and, and making reads a lot better. So you see both of these guys, they're essentially rookies this year, on their growing on their growth curve, are making progress. Um, it's just to me, it's non-negotiable with those guys. They do not get dealt. They don't even get brought up in trade discussions. Uh, the the big scuttlebutt that that I did hear, um, which I believe Brian Windhorst of ESPN.com reported uh, more nationally, but but I I'd heard it um, for a while um, and and got it got it confirmed actually from another source. So I feel much more comfortable saying it. Uh, when the Magic did engage in discussions with Den- with Dallas for Dennis Smith Jr. The Dallas Mavericks did ask for Mo Bamba in return. Mavericks liked Mo Bamba. Um, if they wouldn't have gotten Doncic, they probably would have taken Bamba. Um, so they asked for Bamba in the Dennis Smith Jr. discussions. Um, I was never clear what, or I was never clear if, if actually if, if Dallas asked for Isaac or Bamba, or if the Magic brought up Bamba as an alternative. But it, regardless of that, those discussions didn't get very far. Uh, obviously, Dennis Smith Jr. is on the Knicks now. Um, so I, I always say, I always tell people this, don't judge a, a team by the rumors, judge them by their actions. Um, you don't know everything that's going on in that room. You don't know everything that's going on in, in their thought process. And sometimes you're just kind of making a call to spitball. Um, why this particular thing leaked, thing leaked, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe it is some, some disgruntled, maybe, maybe there are reasons for it to leak. I, I never really got clear on that. And that's, that's usually what I'm more curious about is why stuff leaks rather than the actual information that's leaking because if the information's leaking, it means it's probably dead or something went wrong. Um, there's no reason to leak a trade, leak, leak a deal that's work that's being worked on or working toward. Um, and, you know, look look at the Tobias Harris trade. That came out of nowhere. The Otto Porter trade today came out of nowhere. Uh, the Harrison Barnes trade really came out of nowhere and really nothing gets leaked until it's either really close to getting done or completely broken off. So, I just I I don't think it was ever very very serious, but it was very curious that that you know the that the Magic at least another allowed another team to entertain them with the with that kind of an offer and, and create a structure and it, again it just fell through so I don't want to judge them too hard on that. Um, but Bamba and Isaac are both guys that I keep. That your core right now is that big lineup is Gordon Isaac Bamba and obviously Gordon like I said is the guy that you could probably most move off move off of and get the most value for. If that's what you want to do, if you determine that Isaac and Gordon can't play together, that's plainly not the case right now, honestly. Isaac and Gordon have played together very successfully, especially when paired with Vucevic because of his offense and ability to spread the floor. So I don't think the Magic should give up on that experiment yet. Remember, this is essentially a rebuilding team, so giving away young players is just bad, 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 bad. Other notable trade uh, trade items that I think should, we should consider, again, you can read 
a lot of my thoughts on the Magic's asset list on OrlandoMagicDaily.com later today, probably around 10.30ish, I think is when I'm going to publish it, the Orlando Magic trade value column for 2019. Um, even if trades are made, I think it's a good reference point for where the Magic stand and what the Magic can do. I'm also thinking a little bit ahead toward free agency in the summer about what the Magic might try to do with some of these assets. Um, Evan Fournier right now is the biggest albatross on the team. Uh, I would even say he's a bigger albatross than Timothy Moskov, and I'll explain why in a minute. Um, Evan Fournier, it just Evan Fournier just just hasn't played particularly well. Um, you know, this year, I mean, if he, he kind of stayed on his trajectory, if he would have just produced the statistics last year, the Magic probably would be in better position because I think a lot of the Magic struggles uh, just are from Fournier not producing at the level that they expected him to. Um, but on top of all that, I think that Fournier's struggles have really tanked his trade value when he's already on a contract that's difficult to move. He's got two years left plus a player option at $17 million. So two years, including this year, plus a player option in two years. So two more years essentially left on his deal at $17 million per. That's really tough to move. And I, and I think with his struggles, it's really difficult to move him. And, and, and frankly, you know, as much as I like Evan as a person, the Magic are probably most looking to trade Evan Fournier. He's, he feels like the most expendable player on the team. Um, it, the, big, the, biggest, the biggest salary the Magic would like to move uh, without hurting the team too much in the short term. Um, but there's just no deal to get it done unless you're willing to take on a lot of bad salary, which which I don't think the Magic are ready to do quite yet. On the flip side, I think that a player like Timothy Mozgov does have a little bit of trade value on the market. Not yet. Probably in the summer, certainly at next year's trade deadline, Mozgov is going to be one of the biggest assets the Magic have. And it's because of that contract. $17 million expiring contract. The Magic can either let that lapse and turn that into cap room next summer, or let's say next let's say next year at this time of the time of year, the Magic are in the playoff race or at the playoffs. They can use Mozgov to get a big fish. Uh, that's a big contract to trade, seventeen million dollars, and you attach an asset of some sort, a future asset. You might be able to get one of the bigger names that that's available on the trade deadline market. So, I think Mozgov, not at this deadline, but it's worth mentioning that I think Mozgov could retain some value, especially at next year's trade deadline. So I don't, like you, you ask, why is Mozgov still on the roster? He's certainly weighing the team down with a $17 million salary, but I'm not convinced he's completely useless. And again, it's not that it, I hate referring to people as objects, but that contract is going to be valuable in trades at some point. Or they could let a lapse and it becomes cap room next summer. So I think that, that that's something to keep an eye on. And again, another thing to keep an eye on is Jonathan Simmons, of course. He's got only $1 million of his $5.7 million guaranteed next year in the final year of his contract. Simmons, I think, is a really valuable trade ship, whether the Magic employ him here at the trade deadline or closer to the draft. I don't know when his guarantee date is, um, but Orlando could, could definitely shop, will definitely be shopping him around, I think, and, and he, that could be a priority for them as well. So that's kind of where the Magic stand at the trade deadline. Again, I, I don't anticipate the magic making any moves, but it's the trade deadline. Things develop quickly, things change quickly, and you never know what's going to happen.
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Again, you can check out the Orlando Magic trade value column on orlandomagicdaily.com. Be sure to check out the Locked on Podcast Network NBA trade deadline special. That's going to be at 1.30 Eastern time on the Locked on Fantasy Basketball YouTube page. You should be following Locked on Fantasy Basketball anyway. If you play any type of fantasy basketball, Josh Lloyd does a great job. He'll be co-hosting that with David Locke as we count down to the NBA trade deadline at 3 o'clock. Don't forget as well, the Orlando Magic take on the Minnesota Timberwolves at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center. We'll have complete coverage of that on orlandomagicdaily.com as well as on the podcast tomorrow. We won't forget it then. And also don't forget at 7 o'clock on TNT is the NBA All-Star Game Draft Special. Assuming Nikola Vucevic is still on the Orlando Magic, we'll be watching to see which team, Team Giannis or Team LeBron, that Nikola Vucevic joins. Uh, for the All-Star Game. Very excited about that. Hopefully Vucevic will still be on the Magic and get to wear the Magic logo across his chest at All-Star Weekend next weekend. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's podcast for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Brosnan-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.